Welcome to the Overcast Gamer Show. My name is Abe Foster, and I'm joined by... Regan Harper. Balthazar Valentine. And the reason for that double greeting is because we're now on completely opposite sides of the world. Uh, I've, I've moved up here to lovely Bonnie, Scotland, and um, the other two lads are, are, are back in Welly, so... I mean, it's it's sounding pretty good, and there's there's not much um, not much difference to be honest than when I was in Auckland. <laughs> this is it. Like when we yeah. first started our Skype call to begin this 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 thing that we call the podcast. Yeah. I I thought that at the time I was like, it's kind of weird to think that it's the morning where Abe is, but at the same time, we've been doing it like this for so long that it doesn't really feel any different. No. To be honest. No. It's it's pretty normal. Like we used to do them one p.m. in the afternoon, right, on Sundays. But uh, just for a, a quick peek behind the curtain there. But yeah, I guess now <laughs> we're doing them. And <laughs> as I said to these guys before we started recording, we're doing them where when we're both tired. So <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, if I were in your shoes, Abe, I would be the opposite because I'm very much a morning person. I would say like uh, my peak yeah. time is kind of between like seven thirty and ten. Oh, and then man. the rest of the the rest of the day, I'm a write off. Like if Regan, I don't I get anything say, done, you you must be in the minority with that one, right? Like most people are zombies until about ten. Yeah, probably. Um, but I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I I get up fairly early. Uh, to be fair, I usually load up on caffeine pretty early too. So that, that <laughs> hey, that's that all probably good. doesn't hurt. Yeah, whatever gets um, the job done. Yeah, yeah, totally. What's um? What about you, Balthazar? Are you a morning person, evening person? My peak time is about eleven a.m. to eleven o one a.m. <laughs> I don't. Brilliant. I don't have charge for very long. I take a while to kick in, and then I'm dead straight away. So around midday, I'm all right. Man, that's a rough sort of day. like a. I'm just trying to think of like an analogy there, like um maybe like thermite or something that like burns real <laughs> hot for a really short amount of time. Just you're done. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the battery life on modern day smartphones really is. Pretty I'm nice. just yeah. a walking PS4 controller. <laughs> yeah, the, there you go. That's the one we're looking for. Yeah, that's Man, the analogy we're after. Bastard of a battery life on that thing. Ugh. Um, but I don't have a PS4 anymore. I've I've you know I, I had to ditch it when I moved. So I'm actually now ex- well for the time being on uh, laptop and uh, Nintendo Switch. So no more PlayStation for me for a while. If the you ideal ask me, combo. Yeah, I was going to say, if you ask me, that's a pretty damn good co- combination. Like, your PC is going to cover all your AAA stuff, um, aside from, obviously, a couple games that will only be on P- PlayStation, and the Switch is just the Switch. Like The, the Switch is just in this, its own bloody universe, isn't it? It, it is. It really is. Um, that sounds great. That sounds yeah, great. Has it's... it been... Has it been fine like have you missed the playstation at all or are you kind of just like nah, i good. don't I, I wouldn't say i miss the playstation in that i miss certain games or not having access to certain games and whatnot but i do kind of miss i, I conditioned myself to where if i you know if, if i sat down on my bed and i picked up the controller i would go into this realm of oh everything's okay this is great this is my little sanctuary kind of um yeah that psychological conditioning and yeah. I don't, I haven't attributed that to my piece sitting down at my desk with my PC anymore or sitting down in the middle of the forest with my Switch uh, or wherever I, I end up playing that thing. Um, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to when that kicks in because I'm sure it will. The PC is tricky because the PC, you know, because it's a jack of all trades, um, I, I end up doing 
work on it and gaming on it and stuff so it doesn't just have that exclusivity of, of being a gaming machine totally yeah i feel you on that i i totally get that um so give me give me a bit of a rundown on sort of your situation at the moment Abe, because i'm sort of intrigued by this you're in in rural scotland right like i am out in the, i am yeah out yeah in the so walks. so if, if if you if listeners want to look on a map here uh, if you Google Sterling, S-T-I-R-L-I-N-G, UK, um, I'm about 15-minute drive west of that, um, out in the countryside there, and Sterling has fibre internet, uh, where I am very much does not. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm at the end of the exchange on copper cabling on ADSL at the moment. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's a dire situation. And it, yeah, as I mentioned to you guys, the default resolution for YouTube videos is now 480p. So that pretty much tells you everything you need to know. You've kind of taken like a like a eight-year step backwards in time. Yeah. A wee bit. It, it is quite difficult for me. Um, you know, there's, there's points where, I like for, say, I'm downloading um, Little Nightmares on Steam at the moment, not at the moment, but because if I, if I did it at the moment, the Skype call would probably cut out. But um, it was going to take what was it, thirteen hours, and it's two point six gigs. So I'm I'm having to deal oh, with that gosh. again. Um, so <laughs> I, it's a it's a leave it on overnight situation. I'm back to the old days of, of leave it on overnight when we when we used to have that Spark um, deal. Mm. I'm not sure if you guys remember during certain hours they would let you have unlimited uh, speed and, and unlimited sort of bandwidth. Um, yep. So me and my flatmates used to leave it on overnight and download like a trillion movies um overnight and yeah we all just set up on on you know various torrenting platforms and just downloaded like a ton ton of movies um so it's it's sort of like those back to back to that those days in a way where i have to download all my big things overnight um and the internet providers here are dire they are absolutely terrible (laughs) if you imagine imagine vodafone in the new zealand but imagine that times about five and that's what vodafone uk is so (laughs) wow yep yep their like their speeds are fine, you know, and most plans are all you can eat. But their customer service is is awful, absolutely awful. It's <laughs> abysmal. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying we're... actually looking at this map of the area around a, a surrounding Sterling. Um, yep. And I'm pretty sure this is taking me to the right place. But there's some interesting kind of place names here. Um, <laughs> So a few that jump out at me are uh, uh, Dollar Big, yep. which is great. Yep. <laughs> Dollar Big, um, Clack Manon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good one. Um, there's like a there's a sort of a, a almost like Blair Witchy sounding place called Saline or Saline. Yeah, it's it, yeah. Uh, it's good. It's all good stuff. Oh, fish cross yep fish cross is another one <laughs> yeah yeah they're all they're all great it, it's it's a funny feeling because imagine being it, it's the same feeling i imagine people coming from other places to new zealand and seeing all the moldy names right they'll be like what the hell is fakatan or you know <laughs> whackatane like, that, that, yeah. that old ad that was on there yeah 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 but uh it, it's that similar feeling i i have the same thing every time i see a place name i'm just sort of like what the heck is going on here um <laughs> but yeah it's, it's it's pretty fun i won't highlight exactly where i am to, to listeners but uh, uh somewhere around all those hilarious place names 
<laughs> brilliant brilliant but yeah what what about you guys what's been uh what's been going on in our sort of wee hiatus that we've had since we did our last podcast i feel a lot more professional now um with this whole thing um not even n- nothing's really happened just I was just looking at my surroundings just before for my, for my podcast setup, um, and not really much has changed except now instead of a glass, I just have one of those oversized mugs with my drink in it, and something about a large mug and kind of just sitting in the evening with a microphone talking to an audience, you know, you feel like it just feels more professional, more like this yeah. is an actual thing that's happening. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder weird. is there like, is there a lot of podcasts that you that you watch that I know you, you tune into um is it co-optional and rooster teeth mm, and, do you know I think teeth it's well? Yeah, yeah, but it's not even like a podcast thing necessarily. I think it's just movies and TV. You know, whenever you see that classic depiction of someone who's a radio show host or something like that, they've always just got the overhead mic coming down with the yep same looking kind of pop shield on it that i have and just their oversized mug and there's just you know a few <laughs> keyboards around them and stuff like that that aren't actually keyboards they'll be like mixing boards or whatever for the for the tracks they put on but i just feel like this room because off of course off to my right i've got the second computer as well um yep. hannah's computer so another keyboard and monitors everywhere like i feel almost like i'm in a recording studio it's really weird um also do you guys get like, like surround sound if i do this i'm just wondering if our our podcast isn't binaural kind of thing is it because i kind of rotated to look to my right as i said i've got another keyboard to my right even though i acknowledge in fact no one can see through my eyes so there was absolutely (laughs) no reason for me doing that but it would be a cool audio effect if it's binaural if this if people hear it they might in fact hear me turning to the right and being on the other side of my mic which will be professional I'm as well i'm not gonna lie i don't hear any of that but it might come that <laughs> might be a skype thing that could be yeah. a skype thing and i think yeah. the other thing that makes feel more professional is just that we're international now this is true we're, yeah I'm, we're a I'm global organization yeah. overcast gamer international correspondent is is my <laughs> my title that i'm now um the, the, you know the, the mantle that i'm taking up i suppose and i'm going to be heading along to to the various things uh gamescom in august I'm, I'm very keen to go along to that one and we've got rezzed in london man i'm i'm looking forward to it eh? actually getting some some shit done and i've you, got a, i've got a, got someone who who thinks they might be keen on being a cameraman so who knows awesome yeah get in front of the camera you should um change your email signature eh? to that's oh, important for my title to yeah overcast <laughs> gamer international correspondent true uh because I'm pretty sure that's what people do when they get a new job, right? They change their email signature. They do. They do. That, that's highly important. Uh, means, you know, absolutely <laughs> jack shit. But, you know, uh, exactly Good. what happens. It does actually make me sound like a jobber having that new title. Um, <laughs> it makes me sound like a freelancer for my own company. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, that's good. That's good. But, um, hey, let's talk, some, let's talk some video game stuff, boys. Because last time we did a podcast was the e3 show e3 is well and truly over and we haven't really (laughs) it's it really was um you know that was my fault i was hurtling through the air over russia for seven hours or or whatever it took to get over that (laughs) blooming huge country um but yeah we we haven't actually talked about our thoughts on how things wrapped up at e3 or you know what what we're excited for and how things panned out so 
anyone got anything that they're really pumped for or that sort of blindsided them or that was terrible? You know, in, any extremes that you guys can think of? The extreme for me was kind of... Uh, kind of disappointment at the Sony conference thing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> if we wouldn't even call it a conference. I enjoyed the flautist and the guy on the guitar... The banjo the guy. The rest of it. The... Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the guy from the that does the yes. soundtrack for those good games. Gustavo um, Santaola. Y- yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um, but then the whole thing was kind of a bit confusing for me. Um, yeah, and the, the fact that they had to kind of move the whole crowd into a different auditorium and things. Like, to be fair, like I suppose it's not the worst thing, but that's like the thing that stands out in my mind as being not great. But yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I found it weird. Um, I know you're, I know you're sort of trying to be quite generous with this, but let's let's call a spade a spade. It was brutal. It was it was brutal. brutal. <laughs> it was it was really bad. It was it was sort of see the thing that sticks out in my mind is they did the Last of Us thing, and that was all that was all awesome. And I was like, oh okay, this is why they're sitting in this this church um, that you know they they modelled from the game, um, which was quite strange. But then they moved, they cut back to that panel with those those fellas, and there was an ad for Black Ops 4. I was like, what the hell is this? Why do you put this in your conference? What is this? They're like, yeah, yeah, we're now doing an intermission after the first thing. I was like, that's not how intermissions work. Yeah, no. no give, us, give us something. They give also didn't Sean. seem to tell anyone what their plan was. No. Because no, the streaming services that were partnered with E3 stopped the streams because they didn't know what the fuck was happening they were like oh are they done like they just stopped them and started playing paid sponsored you know ads not Uh... the thing when the when the intermission discussions and stuff were happening they just cut off two minutes in because the streamers were like are we in the wrong place what's that like where are we supposed to be what's going on and everyone in the audiences of both streaming services in the chat were just like, "What? What's happening? What? Where's yeah. Sony? What's fucking? What's going on?" So and I remember on yeah, YouTube as well, like people were um, kind of confused about what time it started because like the time was wrong or something yes, like that. I, and... I remember us having that conversation as well. Yeah, there was Balthazar. Yeah. You were you were confused. Eh? There was something about it being like half an hour later on the YouTube schedule or something. Or yeah, we knew like we knew when it started because we'd already done the conversions and put them up on the website. So I went to yeah. start watching at the time. Our website correctly noted it was going to start, but YouTube did not note the same time at all, and it was still <laughs> saying you know starting in. 29 minutes or whatever when the last of us had started um it was yeah it was a bit of shit show all around the sony con like the organization the venue changes the yeah i I, there was audio dropouts on twitch mm, yeah yeah it was not good not a good look it's pretty pretty brutal but um apart from you know apart from the sony the the format of the conference being i would say poorly you know poorly organized uh they actually had some pretty decent looking games that i was quite quite pumped about and last of us you know last of us part two of course thing about last of us part two there's always little things with the last of us and and naughty dog games in general that they always make me go wow jaw-dropping moments and one of those in the last of us part two was when uh ellie is hiding under a car and a lady peers uh, enemy enemy lady sort of peers down um, suspects Ellie's there kind of thing and, and, and peers down under the car and Ellie shoots her in the face 
and it's brutal. <laughs> like it, it's this, it's how a bullet hole would look. You know, it's it's this, it's this tiny hole in the front. I think she shoots it through the cheek or something like that, and it's this tiny hole, and the lady just doesn't die straight away. And I was just like, oh god, that's it's... that's like really horrible. <laughs> I think the thing that strikes me about this is that the games are starting to get to that point now where they, they're kind of breaking away from the feel of it just being a jumble of mechanics that you learn and, and sort of bend to your will. Yeah. Like a game like that where you're hiding on, you, you choose, okay, cool. I need to hide under this, this thing under this car. And then the guy, you know, she finds you under there and then you can like shoot her in the head. That's what you would do in like, no, you wouldn't do this in real life, but <laughs> if if you were in Ellie's position, that's kind of that's a reasonable course of of action to take, you know. Like, mm. and it, yeah, it's you're not just running to cover and waiting for them to walk away and then shooting them. You know, it it's breaking. It's it's getting to that point now where it's breaking through, across that uncanny valley, you might say. And it's not, uh, yeah. That that's does that make sense? I hope yeah, that totally. Makes sense. It's it, it, yeah, it absolutely does, Regan. And I think that's why it's more shocking. It's just it feels more like a real person is being shot in the face and you're kind of like, Oh my God, this yeah. is horrifying. <laughs> yeah. This is really, really nasty. But um, props to the animators because it looked amazing, uh, you know, as gross and, and grisly as it was, it looked incredible. And so did the, the fight in the sort of um, emptied out convenience store that Ali has with, with, a, with a couple of people there. And she, I think she um, hacks someone in the face with like a hatchet and then, Something something else I, I noticed is when she gets hit, she has a quiver on full of arrows, and when she gets hit, the arrows all have their own physics, so they fall out of the quiver and sort of bounce yeah. bounce along. The, I was like, wow, that's incredible. Naughty Dog always upping the ante, eh? Mm. It's, um, it's going to be special. It's going to be special. Yeah. I think I'm, that game will probably make me cry. Something will happen <laughs> in that game and I'll cry. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm very intrigued by it. Uh, obviously, we had, we don't have a release date, and it's still quite a while off. But um, definitely something to look forward to. Now, another thing we had at the PlayStation conference uh, was the new Sucker Punch game. The guys behind Sly Raccoon and Infamous, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, um, which is the samurai game set on the island of Tsushima uh, in Japan, and it looks stunning. It looks absolutely gorgeous. Uh, mm. Did you guys you guys hyped for that one? Uh, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't say my hype level is as high as it is for other games. Yep. But it looks intriguing. Um, is this something that appeals to you, Balthazar? Because it feels to me like it could be something that you'd, you'd get down on. Yeah, right. It, I agree, but I'm not hyped about it. It feels like a very <laughs> me game as well. But there's something about it. I think it's just that we haven't seen enough yet. Um, there's not enough yeah. there for me to get behind. What mm-hmm. was there almost feels like something we'd all get behind. It It felt like an Eastern Witcher. The fact that it was just very slow, scenic, walking through, you know, these these old ruins of cities and things and looking at these people's fragile lives as they're trying to collect themselves and see what possessions they can find in the rubble. Um, and then ultimately, when it gets to the fighting, it seemed like that very witchery, rhythm-based, timing your strikes to do combos and deflecting and blocking and making sure you don't get hit because presumably you don't have that much in the way of defense kind of thing. Like, the combat and the movement and, and the fact that you had a horse <laughs> was all very... Um, I know it all looked very Eastern Witcher to me. Um, 
And so I expect good things from it because of that, which isn't necessarily good because it's probably not going to be like The Witcher, which isn't <laughs> a bad thing inherently. Um, it'll do yeah. its own things well. Um, but I think what I got from that first gameplay impressions video was that it's very, it, it looked like a very witchery game from that to me. Um, and so that's why I'm very tentative to get hyped at the moment because I don't feel like it will be. I just feel like I don't really understand the game at all yet. Sure. Yeah, no, we, we haven't we haven't seen a huge amount of it just yet. Uh, I was quite pumped on the first encounter. So I'm not sure if you guys have seen many samurai films, um, uh, you know, from, um, say, um, Kurosawa, Akira Kurosawa. Uh, but there's very strong feelings of things like that. Um, was it 13 Assassins and, um, mm. and things like that? Just the, that first encounter that he has with, two to i think it's like two or three other dudes and they sort of have a standoff and he does the you know one slash kind of thing and takes yeah. that guy down and and then the, all the combat is all very crunchy and, and calculated and it, it felt very much like those sorts of old older samurai films and i'm quite excited about that because i don't think we've seen that since maybe onimusha on playstation 2 um mm. so it's, it's been a long long time since we've had like a really decent samurai game i think there was like red steel or something on wii but that was just a tech demo (laughs) and it was yeah that was like a weird it wasn't even like samurai game it was more like you were a cowboy who also had a katana yeah (laughs) yeah it was it was very (laughs) odd yeah strange one but um no i'm i'm very intrigued by ghost of tsushima um especially because it's from sucker punch and i loved infamous second son so I'm, Mm. i'm definitely getting behind that um now another thing that that popped up at sony obviously now this is what capped off the conference which I'm interested if you guys think this was a good idea. So it was Spider-Man. Was that a good... So an extended gameplay demo of Spider-Man, was that a good way to end the conference? Because to me, it, it was awesome. Like, it looked amazing. That game's going to be incredible. But it was a strange... I think it was probably just because the conference was such of a clusterfuck anyway. But <laughs> they went into this demo and then the conference just ended. And I was like, oh. yeah. I don't think it ended well. If only, like, I think a good indicator that it wasn't a great finishing point was the fact that when it ended, literally every single one of us at the exact same time in our chat said, "That's it." <laughs> like we all, mm. it didn't feel like an end. We were all surprised that it just cut to black and was done from there. None yeah. of us felt like that was the end of a conference. So I think yeah. that is just the telling sign in itself that that wasn't a good way to end it. Yeah, I mean, I'm pumped for Spider-Man, but I think what was missing here was like was exactly what we got from the Microsoft conference, and that was game after game after game after game, and then yeah. just doing like what they've done, what they did last year. It was just getting up there and saying we got fucking games, and then just being like, like I don't like all of that world premiere, yeah, 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 console exclusive, all of this kind of stuff. Like that's all <laughs> a bit bollocks. But yep. um, just getting up there and going, here's all the games. And having like just them back to back is is just mm. an awesome way to make it feel like you're just killing it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it was a failed experiment on Sony's part, but Microsoft. I think Abe, you mentioned that you reckon Microsoft this was their best I, conference or something I think along those lines. It was. I was sort of thinking back on. Obviously, my memory is tainted by the really bad ones. Um. You know, the ones with the Xbox xbox one launch and them going on about it being a tv box and you can watch espn all that bullshit yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> but i i feel like microsoft hit it out of the park with, with their conference this time i the whole time i was watching it i was just like you guys are nailing this <laughs> yeah 
and then to yeah. end with as they did with you know as so i i felt i felt a bit smug about this and i'll confess why so you know how we're all uh, there, there was rumors of cyberpunk obviously going to be at e3 mm. this year strong rumors yeah um and and listeners of, of the podcast can go back and listen to my prediction in which <laughs> i said it would be at the microsoft conference it was in fact at the microsoft conference and as soon as so everyone got really excited when the hacking started at the end and all and, and the music started and then a lot of because i watched a lot of reaction videos to it and a lot of people didn't even realize it was it was cyberpunk until literally the gameplay started so at the start of the microsoft conference phil spencer was talking about oh we're working with studios from this country and this country and he said poland and i was like yep <laughs> cyberpunk's gonna be at this at this conference. as soon as he said poland i was like all right sweet I'm, i know i know it's gonna be here i, I and i felt a, a wee bit smug about that because i haven't found a single other person on uh, on youtube or just on the internet who who picked up on that so i'm i'm feeling yeah feeling a wee bit smug about that but um cyberpunk looks I, I, incredible <laughs> yeah i mean it i i kind of wish we had properly seen it like it, we obviously got that nice cinematic trailer and there's a lot to dig into in that trailer for people who know what cyberpunk's all about yeah but then you hear all these rumors of the press getting to sit in and seeing and see an extended gameplay demo I want to see that goddamn demo. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. So, did you guys uh, hear about the controversy um, concerning that demo? The recent controversy about the uh, about the the audio leak. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, eh? That 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 fellow mm. from I think it's like Sifted or something like that. A website. Um, he yeah he he recorded the audio and then leaked the audio, which uh, it's a bit of a dick move to be honest. Like, no one's really going to benefit from that. Would it be a dick move if it was some other, like if it was not CD Projekt Red? I think I think so. Like who, who wants to hear the audio? <laughs> like it's gonna sound <laughs> yeah, terrible. Um, like I haven't listened to it and I won't just because I I like that company and and you know I don't want to do myself a disservice and listen to some low quality version of 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 the audio from their game. They are obviously annoyed about it. Um, their mm. their fan base is annoyed. CD Projekt Red fan base is annoyed about it one because you know they back their they back their boys and two mm. because they're now they have this temptation to listen to something that they're super you know hyped about sort of thing now it's out there they can be like oh oh maybe maybe i will yeah. just give it a give it a cheeky wee listen but i yeah i think that doesn't really do do anything for anyone so I, I'm, I'm not really too happy with that guy doing that um mm. but you know the each to their own, I suppose, and that's how you get hits nowadays, right? Is is do things like that. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I I'd feel like shit if that were me. I wouldn't. Yeah, do it. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Just considering, like, it's it's doing something like that to CD Projekt Red is the equivalent of kicking a puppy. Like, what? <laughs> the, the, this this thing has only brought good into the world, and they're constantly mm. just trying to do right by everyone. And then you go and do something like that. Like, it, it doesn't feel right to me. It feels like karma's going to get you if you do that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, yeah, not too sure about that. But, um, yeah, I mean, s suspiciously absent from E3, and it comes out this year, so we've had jack shit about it recently. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2, nothing. Not surprised. 
No, Possibly Rockstar right. aren't big E3 players, are they? No. They're very much just toot their own horns and do things at their own pace. No, they're, yeah, they're not. I... But at the same time, it's blooming July. That game comes out in, what, October? And we haven't seen any gameplay. Or, we, we, I mean, we've seen a sort of quote-unquote gameplay trailer or captured an engine or whatever, but it hasn't been a legit... You guys remember those first Red Dead Redemption and, and even GTA Five things they do where, like, the the citizens of Liberty uh, of um, Los Santos are da 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 da, and they'd have like a voiceover about just different aspects of the game, um, and mm. they, they did those with Red Dead as well, and and about the multiplayer and all the different sort of facets of of the game. Haven't had any of that, nothing, not a single thing. So, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not worried at all about the game, but I'm kind of like, what do you when when when's the right? Yeah, time I think to do the. This? I think the fact that you're not worried kind of says something there yeah. in that they know that their fan base or like those that GTA five has been the most selling game like every single month since it came out, like <laughs> yeah. some ridiculous fucking yeah. thing like that. It still sells more copies than, than a lot of new releases these days. Yeah. Rockstar are like, fuck it. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, they'll, well, they'll probably put out a couple trailers in the in the like maybe month leading up to the game's release, and every single person who has access to a console on the face of the planet is going to buy it anyway. Yeah, you know, it, it, they're just doing what they do. They, yeah, they they that's true. They're their own hype machine, right? They don't have to do anything. They just um put something out, be it an image or a trailer or or whatever, and it'll just spread like wildfire. So um, yeah. I suppose I suppose it makes sense, but I, I you know it, it's so close to release. I was just like weird that we haven't seen much more than what they put out two trailers I think in total for for this game. Um, yeah, the the first sort of initial announcement one, and then the the one that that went into a, a, a few more detail. Uh, no, it was a story one. The second one was like a story trailer sort of thing mm. um, that confirmed you know John Marsden's involvement in things. And uh, but yeah, interesting. I hope we do see more Red Dead 2 stuff very soon because I'm mostly intrigued to see what they're going to do with the multiplayer this time because Rockstar is always innovating mm. and, you know, GTA, GTA Online was a huge thing for them. It still generates bucket loads of cash, that thing. Um, so they're obviously going to try and do something similar with, uh, with Red Dead Redemption. So intrigued, intrigued. Mm. Um. Anything else you guys want to talk about in in the in the realm of E three? Any sort of massive, massive things that I mean, we have Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice, which is the new FromSoft game. Um, Balthazar, I think you're probably the biggest Souls Soulsborne fan mm. out of out of the three of us. Um, any opinions on that one, man? I mean, I'll pick it up day one, no questions. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I I don't know. It looked the. I, the arm looks interesting. I'm, yeah. I, I, yeah, that's. I mean, obviously, that's the big thing in the game. You know, the big thing that steps it apart from Bloodborne and uh, and Dark Souls. Yeah. Um. So I just hope. I guess I've got two hopes. One that that really does pay off, and it is everything. It's kind of they want it to be, i.e., a big enough mechanic in itself to make the game successful. Um. But then also, yeah. I hope that B they don't have everything on the game riding on that one mechanic because at the same time you know it's just a grappling hook axe arm like yeah. you know what else <laughs> what else can it do you could chuck 100 gadgets in it but it's still just an arm with a gadget in it you know like i just hope a it gadget dead arm yeah yeah 
<laughs> so I just I hope it is still you know a Soulsborne game um, at its core and not a whole new thing because its core is this weird arm. But I'm also interested in seeing what the weird arm is. So either way, like I said, I'm buying it day one. Whatever. It seems so. The arm. The interesting thing with the arm, apart from grappling across the map, is um he did it. He he sort of used the arm to make the combat a bit more vertical. Um, I think at one point mm. he sort of tackles a guy on a horse or. Was he on yeah or something from above. yeah he kind of like yes yeah, yeah seemed like he almost launched his arm at him to like pull himself up and drop down on him or something yeah. which yeah is is cool also something actually which is i guess the biggest difference for me as a as a souls player is that death seemed to have no consequence which is interesting um because death always you know is a big setback in souls games but in this it seemed like he literally from his point of death respawned exactly where his corpse was you know his corpse kind of lifted up and reanimated again and just continued where it was so that i think is actually what intrigues me the most even more than the arm is just how are they going to handle death this time because it looks like mm. they're doing it very differently to souls uh, Soulsborne games yeah well just from the title i think perhaps the mechanic might be that you can die twice sort of thing so maybe you can mm. use that to your advantage you can plan strategically against these big bosses and, and hefty enemies yeah. to you know i'll die here and then i'll be able to get the drop on them um by popping up behind them or, or whatever um so that that could that you know that's a really interesting idea and i'd, I'd be mm. super keen if that if um you know if that was to be implemented to see how that panned out but um it's it's miyazaki you know it's always going to be quality yeah. um and i i've been meaning i really want to jump back into bloodborne and, and try that again when i can um you know when i end up with another playstation but those are always and and i want to pick up dark souls 3 on switch actually which i'll probably do at some point um but yeah we so we had i mean the other ones that we have a, a sort of fallout 76 which there's i don't think there's a huge amount to talk <laughs> about there just because it's no. fallout multiplayer <laughs> like there's not there's not much more yeah really yeah I do like the idea of just nuking people with no consequences. <laughs> Man, um, I hate that idea. I hate that so much. Really? Like, oh my god. Because I'm I'm not a I'm not an aggressive player at the best of times in multiplayer. I like just pottering around doing my own thing, and I like cooperating with people a lot more than I like attacking them. So to build up a base and to you know do all put all this work in, and then you just get fucking nuked. <laughs> that, that does not sound like my idea of a good time yeah it does sound like they're really just like okay well how can we really appease the trolls yeah or how can we give trolls a platform for, to just go nuts yeah yeah sounds like fun that's a <laughs> I mean, uh, fair play if, if it's your cup of tea it's it's probably not mine but i do like the idea of um exploring west virginia and and you know if you watch the um the no clip doc that he did on the history of bethesda and the making of fallout 76 they talk about how they've gone into all the sort of myths and legends surrounding west virginia and they're bringing they're bringing those into play um things like mm. the the mothman i'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the mothman um prophecy i think it was a, mm. a film um so they're bringing yeah. mothman into it and, and a few other sort of urban myths and legends so oh yeah it's pretty cool um, and the giant sloth that appeared in the in the gameplay and stuff, I'm I'm very, very pumped for that. But um, yeah, not a huge amount to say about Fallout 76, and it just looks like more Fallout, really. And that's that's great, you know, that's fine. But and not even good. It looks like more Fallout 4, which is <laughs> the weakest yeah. <laughs> of the Fallouts. 
Yeah, it does. I'm sure. Surely they've heard that criticism of Fallout Four, and done... I don't know that they have. No, they I mean they're releasing Skyrim again this year. So, what, are they? Yeah, it's coming out you on Apple how... devices. Oh, you know how they they made <laughs> that little funny joke about how you could play it Skyrim on Alexa? Yeah. That's not a joke. That's a real thing, you eh? Can, yeah. You can play it on Alexa. <laughs> yeah. Like. I know. I think that was quite clever because they, they pulled a fight. It was almost like a double bluff. They're like, you guys think yeah. this is a mm. joke? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of brilliant. unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. There's, there's an Alexa in my, um, and, and where I live now and I don't trust it, eh? I don't, <laughs> I don't like having it's it It's always around. listening. It's it's all it's creepy as hell. It like chimes in. You're supposed to have to use the name, and like I, I don't even want to refer to it as a her because it's not. You're supposed to have to refer to its name. <laughs> Rude. To to, act, to activate it, I pulled it out of the wall, so it's not listening anymore. Um, <laughs> so you think it has what, yeah, it has yeah, a watch so, battery yeah. in it? It'll last oh, for man. years. Probably does. Eh? Yeah. Amazon. It's... So the thing, just to go off on a tangent for a quick quick bit. In the UK, um, this has probably probably happened after you left Belfast. Amazon owns everything. They run mm. the show over here. It is nuts. <laughs> like television and internet and you know buying things, getting things delivered to your door. It's all Amazon, and they they just own like the whole bloody you know country <laughs> countries over here. Um, it's all Amazon. They're probably is, still listening. They probably yeah. on their databases know the alexas that had had their battery or their their plug pulled out <laughs> and it's running on like a little auxiliary power and they know and you're in their database now yeah so the super Big brother thing, is watching I, I was talking talking to um to the person i live with and she was she was saying that alexa used to be so alexa used to have an opinion on things it used to be subjective and it <laughs> used to answer questions about philosophical issues you could be like alexa what is art or or what do you think is art or what is god or and she used to answer and have opinions on things like that or are you happy and stuff like that and now um if you ask her those sorts of things she she has no opinion she's just like i'm sorry i didn't understand the question or whatever interesting so they've obviously watered that down or or, or rerouted the programming totally. or something away from well, you would have to you'd have to ask the question like if we're doing this in our product like to what extent are we shaping people's own opinions of things, right? Like, yeah. is that morally okay? That's it, interesting. That's yeah, interesting to think about. AI is 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 becoming quite prominent and and even more troubling in my in my brain as I think <laughs> about this. Just having this weird, I don't I don't want to say sentient, but close to sentient thing hanging out in well, your house, like... and you use it for grocery lists. Seems really it's like that. <laughs> it's like that thing, was it earlier this year or last year, where man built the most intelligent chess AI that couldn't be beaten. Um, and Is that, that chess blue? AI then taught itself to play some other game because it got bored of chess. So <laughs> it learned the rules of another game and then became the best at that game. Oh, and then man. because it was the best at that game and didn't want to play chess anymore, it built a new AI that was better at chess than it was to replace it so it could be the best at this other game. 
<laughs> so AIs are already building more intelligent AIs than we can build. Uh-oh. Skynet's on the way. <laughs> mm, big time. Kill it. Jesus, Kill man. it now. Yeah. <laughs> we need, we need to pull, pull the plug on this thing, literally. But... Uh... <laughs> And the sentient cards and all that. But this, yeah, anyway, I digress. Um, back to video games. Uh, so yeah, that, that's, I mean, there's a few more games that, that, that sort of um, pop up here. Things like Control, which is Remedy's new game, um, which looks co- sort of quantum breaky mixed with some really cool Lovecraftian strange business. And I'm, mm. I'm pretty into that. Balthazar, you're, you're a Remedy fan, right? Yeah, I'm interested in that. I loved Alan Wake um, and yes. enjoy Quantum Break. So, yeah, anything. I mean, Remedy in my book have done no wrong so far. So yeah. definitely keen to see what they do next. Yeah, and, and Max Payne as well, which I'm, I I was a huge mm. huge fan of the Max Payne games. But, um, yeah, I'm very interested in that. It just looks weird. It looks really odd, and I don't really know what's going on. It's They, they talk about you being the – you come over and, and, and you come into this um, – what is it? The, Dep- the De- Department of Control, they're called, and you take over as the director or whatever, and their offices is sort of this weird... It's called The Oldest House, and it's this strange thing that houses all these artifacts that are ripples through time. Or It, it sounds insane, and I'm really, really interested um, by it. But we also had Kingdom Hearts 3, obviously um came along was at the square enix conference was at the was it sony no was it no it was microsoft because they announced kingdom hearts for the first time on on mm. um, on xbox right so kingdom hearts 3 coming out um was it january next year i think end of january so don't like that yeah that, that looks awesome as um, you know it, it looks amazing i've discussed before how i like the look of everything i'm not a fan of the the sort of um mechanics and stuff like that but that, it looks gorgeous um, so that'll be great. And Devil May Cry 5 was announced, which was an awesome mm. way to announce that game. That trailer is great. It's so cool. Um, just riddled with attitude, as the Devil May Cry series should be, and kind of a bit hokey and stuff like that, but um, that, that was really, really cool. Um, Balthazar, I think you're a fan of DMC series? Yeah, definitely. And th- this one looks great. Um I was always interested after 4 to see what would happen with Nero given that he had a demonic arm so could never really integrate into society properly. So it's interesting <laughs> to see that even in the first trailer they tackled that straight away by just being like, Nat got cut off, he's got a robot arm now, he can walk around and people don't know he's a demon, it's fine. <laughs> he can totally like pack groceries and things now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love how Japanese game announcements uh, play out as music videos a lot of the time. I really mm. like that 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 because it's just so bizarre. Like we're, a lot of the times when I watch TGS, or sometimes when I when I watch Tokyo Game Show, it, there literally is music videos. I remember there was a Resident Evil music video. I was like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> it's really like this pop, this J-pop song with um like graphic violence in the background. I was like, "This is really confusing," but I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's probably. I mean, Super Smash, obviously Nintendo. Went into every single character, uh, <laughs> super, as Nintendo does. Uh, uh, that that was probably slightly misjudged, um, but it was fun because it was entertaining as hell. Just watching Nintendo go through every character and then go back through them and be like, "And they've got new, you know, new move sets. <laughs> this is new about this person." It's like these tiny, tiny details, yeah, um, but kind of amazing. And I like the guy. 
the smash dude um the guy who who makes it or creative director or whatever at one point <laughs> cuts to him and he's like we put every character into this smash bros so never ask me for anything ever again <laughs> 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 so good and i love the fact they just left that in they're like yeah we'll leave yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> So, Someone yeah. didn't think to say like, "Yeah, this is gonna come across a little bit odd <laughs> yeah, to a English bit aggressive. people." <laughs> <A little> bit <laughs> aggressive. But uh, that that was amazing and perfect. Uh, you know, I can't really remember too much else about Nintendo's conference because most of it was smashed, to be honest. Mm. Um, Pretty much all of it. Yeah. Yeah. There was there was no Animal Crossing. There was no Metroid. There was no DK. Uh, oh, Mario Super Mario Party. Right. That was that was another thing that they. They announced um, the new Mario Party mm. game, which which I'm pumped for, probably more than Smash, to be honest, because I'm I, I like Mario Party. Um, but yeah, that's probably E3, to be honest, boys. I, I I think it was a mixed bag, but the good stuff that we got was really good. Um, i.e. Xbox conference and you know the various Cyberpunk and and you know the, the big announcements and um, a little bit more gameplay from Last of Us Two and Ghost of Tsushima and stuff like that. So overall, not bad. Not not E3 2010, let's put it that way. Not Konami, E3 2010, which is... I'd give it a 7, seven out of 10. 7 maybe. out of 10? Yeah, Balthazar? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't give it a number. <laughs> it, I guess it, it, it sufficiently achieved its objective. Yeah. Before it, before it, I didn't know some games existed that I now know do exist, and there are now a few games I'm excited for that I wasn't before. So nice. it did what it was supposed to do, I guess. Sufficiently achieved its objective. That's a back of the box quote, <laughs> that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'd probably give it an eight and a half. Um, just most of that's Microsoft, to be honest. I was just very, very impressed with just one, the, the shit that they announced, and two, how well their show went. Like the format was brilliant. Phil Spencer always on point, always comes across as very genuine. Um everything was everything was good about that about that con. So mm. yeah, eight and a half. Eight and a half out of ten. One of the one of the better ones. Um so we'll move into what we've been playing. And I mean we've got a fair list here. So Regan, do you want to kick things off and just whip through a few of these men? Yeah, so I mean my list looks long. But it it really is only because I'm sort of in a weird place at the moment as far as games, <laughs> just games. So like, I don't know. Do you guys ever get to into the, that sort of funk where you're sort of between games and like you've one that you were really looking forward to came out and you've played that and there's kind of just nothing that's really on your radar. Yeah, man. The dry um, spells all the time. Yeah, the dry the dry spells. Yeah, like I'm I'm in one of those, and so what that means is I'll go back and sort of dabble in a bunch of different games that like um I might just have lying about. Obviously, the Steam sale, Steam Summer sale happened. Um, so I picked up The Witness for like fifteen dollars or something like that, which nice. I thought was a good a, a good good wee buy, and I'll um eventually sort of chip my way through that. Played I don't know half an hour of it, perhaps. Uh, Regan, had you played The Witness before? I can't remember. Did we do a Witness thing no. back in the day? No, I hadn't played it before. Ah. I knew. I uh, played obviously... about half an hour of The Witness oh, back yeah, when Belfort, it first you, came out. You weren't a fan, right? No, not particularly. No. Not not a fan of line line puzzles. <laughs> um, Regan, what, what, I'm, I... I'm curious as to your thoughts on this, man. So, it was fine to to start off with, um, but it <laughs> was exactly what I expected. 
<laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Um, it was it was exactly what I expected because you know that that game got quite a lot of hype when it first came out. People were it was really well reviewed and received. Yep. Um, and so I knew exactly what to expect, and it was exactly that. And um, yeah, I sort of uh just kind of partook of it, and I think maybe the the you know because I was primed for it, I went into it kind of less. Uh, you know, I wasn't sort of set on kind of smashing through the game in a, in a week or so. So yep. I, I think it's going to be one that I'll just go back to from time to time because it did feel very peaceful um, in terms of being on that island. But then I can also see how it would get quite infuriating at times as well. It, it does. Um, and the witness, the witness has a weird ability. It's funny you mentioned peaceful because it does, but it's also incredibly creepy at points uh, it is it's was, very it just, it, um it, it, it very... sort of has that feeling of something's going to happen <laughs> like like totally it, yeah it, it's it, it's kind of isolated and yeah like there's something behind you watching you from over your shoulder at all times it's, kind it's of thing. really it's unnerving sort of, eh that, that yeah game, yeah um which Big i quite time. enjoyed but I, I, i'm intrigued as to so you said you played about half an hour of it right yeah. So yeah. what what puzzles have you got through here? Let me let me know um any that stood out or <laughs> So um I got so when I stopped I was in like an area where there were like cherry blossom trees and uh-huh. I was walking through and and um yeah, filling in the puzzles based on which like branches were broken and things. Yep, yep. I, so I, not I not that. far through I would imagine. No, that's yeah. that's quite near the start. Um just intrigued as to <laughs> <laughs> just intrigued as to your like how long it took you to click on to the fact that the you know the solutions to the puzzles were in world and 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 how you feel about that as a mechanic and things like that um yeah so so interesting for sure it didn't take me particularly long to kind of um sort of latch on to that um yeah, yeah i don't know cuz it, it it's I think part of it is in the way that the areas feel quite segmented from one another. So yep. you move from one area to the next. And so by the very fact that you are going into different areas suggests that those areas are significant. Yep. And so when you sort of get that, and that's done by design, right? Like you, that that's just sort of inherently communicated to you as you go through it. Uh, Definitely, yeah. Once it's very get, biome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, big time. And once you get that, then then you st- and you start looking around, and you realize that it is about sort of, um, yeah, in- interacting with that environment, and then using that to inform your choices and things. Yep. There were still a few instances where, um, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like the puzzles were sort of like they took a, a kind of a leap. Like you'd do the first one, and you'd be like, yeah, that was that made sense. And the second one, and the third one, yeah, and in a little series, and you'd get to the next one, and you'd be like. Ah, oh, what what am I what am I missing here? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's funny, like you 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 grapple with it for a while, and then eventually you get it, and then you look back and you realize that you sort of made it harder for yourself. Yeah, in a you way. overthink you were, like, them. Thinking, yeah, you overthink them. Um, so it's yeah, it's kind of interesting. I think it'll be interesting to um push through and just kind of it's it's one of those things like when you've got a difficult game, you learn things about yourself from that game yep um and i think that's what's kind of cool about really difficult games um i'm actually writing a piece about that just to segue slightly just to <laughs> at the moment 
um, on overcastgamer.com. It's not up there yet, and the site's kind of going through a bit of a bit of a um, rework. So you know, don't worry about going there to see it. But <laughs> just just yet. But um, eventually it'll be up there, and it's all about um, how playing Uncharted on crushing mode is kind of analogous to life and the life lessons you can learn from that. It's awesome, um. Man. Yeah, Very should be good. good. But uh, yeah, so The Witness is kind of cool. Um, I went back and played some Far Cry 5 last night because I'd never finished that game. Yep. Um, I'll prob- probably push through that and finish that off. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe I bought because we've started a Mario Kart championship at work, nice. which is going to be fantastic. Excellent. Um, yeah, so every Tuesday um, we get together at lunchtime on the, uh, the couches at work. and. Uh, and we'll do the little local network thing with our switches and uh, and play a few Mario Kart games. So that's that's going to be awesome. Yep. Um, yep. Taking that pretty seriously. Um, there's a trophy and also a wooden spoon up for grabs. So that's exciting. Wood- Is that um, the magic wooden spoon? The magic wooden spoon? The wooden spoon that used to be used for the person who came last in a work Magic the Gathering tournament. Oh, maybe. I literally I feel like we just repurpose a lot of our stuff for um <laughs> for whenever the the company collectively moves on to doing something else. I feel like we just repurpose old old awards. This it's literally a wooden spoon. Like it's yeah. nothing special about it. It's like yeah, one no. you would pull out of your mum's baking yeah. drawer. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably the um, one. I'm glad you if not, drawer. if not, it's you know the next iteration of it because it's just become a work tradition now to give a wooden spoon to the loser in tournaments. Yeah, it's great. Um, to be fair though, one of our colleagues has, um, who's quite artistically gifted, has uh, drawn Mario on it. So it's a wooden spoon, but the face of the spoon has Mario's face on it, like oh, perfectly great. done. Awesome. It's it's really cool, really cool. I'll um I'll see if I can track down a photo. Um, but yeah, so Mario Kart, I'm enjoying that. It's a fucking fun game. Mm. Um, played a little bit of Path of Exile, which is a free to play game made here in new zealand actually it is. it's made Grand, Grand, yeah. yeah they're they're um Grand. they were not too far away from where i used to live in auckland oh cool yeah. um yeah and that's a that's a cool game it's it's basically a diablo clone well it is it's diablo clone yeah um it's a free to play and yeah yeah um click click loot kind of game um whatever you call that is it a looter is that what you call it uh dungeon crawler it's exactly Dungeon crawler. It's exactly like Diablo three. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah, it even has the same sounds. Um, it's a very popular game too. They are making serious bank on that game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's very nice to look at. It's a very polished game. Like when I say it's just like Diablo two, it's uh, Diablo three. It's just like Diablo three. Maybe even nicer to look at. I think it's um, nicer. Yeah, Diablo three stuck looking like the year it came out. Path of Exile yeah. actually receives graphic updates. I yeah. feel like it's, I feel like it's the game in the genre at the moment. I think it's, be, I think it's pretty much one of the first things to beat a Blizzard game in a genre. Like I feel like mm. Path of Exile is renowned as the superior game in that that genre. Yep, it's kind of weird to um, walk up to like a big hulking guy to get a quest and have him go, yes in a kiwi like you know and just spiel off in a kiwi accent it's kind of odd but um yeah but it's oh, awesome yeah, nah, left it over there <laughs> yeah oh no nah, yeah, yeah. you gotta go go pick up the thing um <laughs> but uh no that's a really cool game it's 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 impressively polished and i reckon i might just kind of dive into that from time to time um 
Octopath Traveler as well, because Abe, you played this for a bit, didn't I you? Did, the the yeah. kind of intro thing that they've done. Yep, they were um, offering the first so... three hours for free on the eShop. They might still be offering it, actually. But um, the introduction, or no, prologue, as they called it. Um, so yeah, they, the they are offering it. I don't. Yeah, downloaded it last night and started playing as the thief because that's kind of just my classic character that I like to go for. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of just getting into that. I, I do wonder whether there's still a place for that kind of game. Um, but I'm really curious. Yeah. As, as So you haven't <laughs> played a huge amount of that yet, obviously, Regan. Nah, nah, um, probably like. But, 30 minutes or so oh okay yeah, yeah. but but come because I, i've you know I've, I've played three hours as i mentioned and i i wrote a wrote a piece on, on overcastgamer.com about that actually and um you know coming from a person who doesn't really like jrpgs all that much or, or doesn't like appreciates them but isn't really their thing um i i think the last the last sort of ones that i really enjoyed were golden sun and even then that the the combat <laughs> and that i didn't enjoy i just like the puzzling elements of it um, moving things around, mm-hmm. psychic powers and stuff like that, um, but and Chrono Trigger. But the um, Octopath is sort of like that. Like for me, I really liked all the story and all the people bantering around and going and doing things for people in town. And then you get thrown into uh, my guy was uh, Cyrus, who was a scholar, and I, I went into like a um, uh, what do you call it, cellar, um, to track down someone part of a quest. And then I just kept getting bombarded with bloody tea kettle looking zubat things and it was awful <laughs> that's when i started really uh, i was like oh i know I, I remember why i don't like jrpgs <laughs> like this crap is why i don't like it because i can't move three Too steps. many zubats bloody zubats coming after me and um kettle tea and then kettle all, t- like tea kettle <laughs> zubat chimera hybrids that's and, what it, and then that's what i was trying to say i like on top of that in the combat it's just so text heavy like this tutorial thing comes up it's like Oh, you can do this, and this is your break. And I'm like, what the hell is a break? What What does that mean? Like, what What are you What are you talking about? And then there's like magic and and physical attacks, and and this is weak to this. And I'm just like, this all oh, this shit is too overwhelming for me. This is not This is not me at all. <laughs> like, I can't get on with this. Pokemon is where I draw the line in terms of status effects and buffs and all that sort of stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I I really enjoy the story and the 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 sort of um, more light-hearted elements, um, go at your own pace kind of stuff, which is just me in a nutshell, really. And do not enjoy the combat of that game. So I don't think I'll be able to get through it, unfortunately, because I imagine there'll be a lot of combat in that game. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm probably not gonna say too much about it until I've played through the three hours, just because. Yeah, I don't want to make any draw any judgments too early. Um, it looks nice. Um, I I do wonder whether. Uh, it's obviously trying to appeal to that, that that gamer that played the classic Final Fantasies and the Chrono Triggers and the Golden Suns and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I do, yeah, I just wonder, like, if there's, I mean, there's definitely still an audience for it, but I just wonder if it's required, I guess. Um, what, the audience? Yeah. No, like the kind of game. I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm trying to say. <laughs> let me. Let, we'll come back to this in the next podcast. I think it's I... honestly. I think it's a good thing because there are people out there who get worse with whether it be age or a time constraints with games and things. Um, 
I have a friend who has a physical ailment that means he just gets incredibly frustrated now because he used to be an extremely competent gamer and now he can't play any of the games he used to be able to play because he just doesn't have that dexterity in his hands to be able to do it anymore. And so I think there will always be a need for those slower turn-based games where you can just, you know, use the D-pad and press confirm and you've got that time to do things and you can take it at your own leisure. Um, I think as, as long as, yeah, gaming persists then games like that need to persist because i can see myself you know in 20 years my hands fuck up because i've been at the game for far too long um and those will be the games that i turn to not necessarily because i love them because now they're the ones that yeah the combat frustrates the hell out of me with how slow and boring it is but they'll be the only games i can turn to then and that's when i'll appreciate them so i think there is very much an audience for those sorts of games and for my own sake in the future i hope that they continue yeah, yeah, I mean, cool. Fire Emblem is, uh, is that's turn based, right? It is, yeah. It's that weird yeah. grid turn based, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's it's sort of similar, but um, obviously, you know, you're a massive Fire Emblem fan, so there's there's still definitely mm. a, a intrigue um with those sorts of games there. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll be interested. Regan, I think you should continue playing Octopath just to give a bit more. I will. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I totally I'm curious will. to hear a I'm... JRPG sort of um veteran i suppose um opinion on this as opposed to my own mm. yeah oh let's let's check back in on the next podcast and we'll have a we'll have a good chat about it um the only other game i've played is mario tennis aces which has kind of been the game that i was looking forward to and i've kind of played through that realized i suck at it but still had a good time <laughs> um and i'm writing a review for that at the moment as well um nice so yeah, it's um it's a cool little game. Um Balthazar and I have also done a like a what we'd like to call barbecue chat video on it, yep. um, where we just kind of yarn for ten minutes or so about, you know, how we're feeling about the game and, and that kind of stuff. So um check that on on YouTube and uh Is this yeah, a spoiler free the, uh spoiler free chat? Uh, well, as much as I mean yeah. spoilers could exist <laughs> for a tennis game, like <laughs> Yeah. It kind of is what it is, really. But okay. um, I mean, yeah, I we we lay out the 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 kind of basic premise of the story. Um, and you can kind of there's if you even want to call it a story, it's it, there's not really any kind of arc that happens. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the the game is the game. The game is the tennis that you play, and um, and that's really fun. It's kind of a, a cool little tennis game, and and then there's sort of like an energy management system going on at the same time. So you kind of perform actions, and then as part of that, build up an energy meter, and then you can use that energy meter to um, either do a big sort of attack kind of move, um, or you can use it to defend as well by sort of slowing down time and and. Um, defending those big attacks so there's some cool stuff in there um and yet still can play um in the old school way where that energy side of things wasn't a thing so i think it's really cool i think it's a great game and and the kind of thing that i'll i'll come back to um from time to time uh even though i'm rubbish at it so (laughs) perfect perfect for switch it sounds like that title perfect for switch yeah and um yeah stay tuned for the for the review that's coming up nice one nice one balthazar what have you been up to man I'm in a similar boat to Regan, but for different reasons. I'm not sampling lots because I'm out of sorts or because, you know, I finish things and I'm in a dry spell. I've just, Steam Sour is just a time for sampling lots of things. Yep. Um, so the two games I picked up were Prey and Quantum Break. Um, 
Prey I picked up largely on your recommendation, Abe, because yep. I played the demo back on PS4 and wasn't keen. Um, but I advised at the time I wasn't keen because it felt like there was input lag and there were right. frame rate issues and everything. Um, and I obviously picked it up on PC through Steam, so none of that's a problem. There's no input lag. There's no frame rate issues. Nice. Um, it's good. I'm not hugely far so far. Yep. Um, I, yeah, maybe hour and a half, two hours in. Um, and... Yeah, it's, you know, it's very reminiscent of Bioshock 1 um, yes. with that whole kind of everything is there. You can feel that it's level based, but as soon as you step into a level, that whole level is there for yep. you to explore and use whatever perks you've unlocked to navigate the environment and everything. Um, and yeah, it's cool. I enjoy that there's no encounters as such. You know, it's not like, oh, I can tell. I'm moving into a corridor that's going to be a shooting sequence or whatever. You know, it's just there are enemies everywhere disguised as chairs and coffee mugs and stuff. And so it's it's kind of like there's no there is no combat because there's always combat. It almost it's but not in that bad way where you know you're always tense and on edge that something might jump at you. Just in that I'm expecting I'm probably going to get ambushed from the corner in one of these three rooms I walk in at least kind of thing. Um. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I haven't, as I said, I haven't done a huge amount. I've done a, a one and a half or two hours or so, um, and it'll be a game I go back to and just make my way through slowly over time. Um, Quantum Break. It's got sort of a oh, sorry, I was just going to say it's got sort of an alien yeah, right. isolation type thing going on there as well. I think I feel does a bit. Yeah, you know, just everything's really well polished and looks really pristine, mm. and every, uh, maybe it's just the visual, the visual um, connection. But yeah, that that was sort of my my yeah. sense on that. Yeah, no, it's good. I'm looking forward to playing more of it for sure. Um, yeah, Quantum Break being the other one I picked up. Not played as much as I thought I would. I thought that would be a game I'd start and, you know, pretty much play right through because yep. um, it is very narrative-driven. I've kind of taken a bit of a backseat and, and left it for a while. Um, I do enjoy it. I think it's almost I don't like the game, which is weird because it's a game. I like the series more than the game. I enjoy the TV episodes at the end of the level because because it's so narrative driven. I just want the narrative. Um, in the first level, I really enjoyed the gameplay because that's what you had. You started it. There was the cutscene, and then you play a level, and it was great fun. And then there was what they call a junction level, which is kind of a 1.5, where you play as the bad guy and you make decisions that will impact the enemy faction. For the rest of the game from that point oh. kind of thing so you can kind of set things up do i want the enemy faction to grow in power and rally public opinion and turn everyone against me as the main player character and make the like make my life harder as the player or do i want them to drop the ball make some mistakes show some cracks kind of thing so you can basically without selecting a difficulty you can decide how easy or hard you want the game to be by making the enemy faction make these different decisions which is really interesting um and really cool and yeah I, I thought that was just just quite unique when i did that um and then after you've done that it plays the episode of the tv show which again it picks an episode i think there's two maybe three choices of episode at the end of each level based on the choices you made in the junction episode yep. um so it's one of those games that invites multiple playthroughs just because one of the selling points is it's also a tv show but to see the whole tv show you need to make different choices in each level to play the episode corresponding to those choices. Um, so, yeah, and, and I really enjoyed the entire loop for the first level, 
but then I think the issue was the first level was about an hour and then the junction was 10 minutes and then the episode was I don't know 20 30 minutes um but then level two was about three hours and then the junction was you know 10 minutes and the episode was 20 minutes and I I preferred the pacing of the first episode when everything was similar length to each other so you kind of went through the rotation when the gameplay got longer it felt like it was needlessly long um, and that's what I didn't enjoy as much. So I'm definitely going to jump into it. I'm going to finish it because I like the narrative. I like where it's going. I want to know what happens. I do feel like they should have just kept the pacing the same the whole way through as it was in that introductory level. Um, and I fear that actually as it goes on, the gameplay sections are going to get longer, which again is an odd complaint because it's a game. And I believe most of the negative reviews it got when it came out were that the episodic stuff was too long and there wasn't enough gameplay. And I have the exact opposite complaint, which feels wrong. Um, but yeah, that's just how I feel about it. You're a TV watcher, right? Like you like enjoy TV shows and things. So mm. why not? Why not? I think know? that's it, right? If I play a game for the gameplay, but if I get a game because I hear it's incredibly narrative and you spend more of your time watching them playing, that's what I go in for. So if it then turns out that that's a gross exaggeration by people who just don't like watching cutscenes and that actually the gameplay does still vastly outweigh the watching time, I it's just not what I expected. So I need to kind of taper that a little bit. So I think that's all it is at the moment. I'm off it for a little bit because I'm just tapering my expectations before I go back in. Mm. nice yeah good nice. call nice um other than that picked up mario tennis as well aces um i would like a rematch with regan at some point now that i've played enough of it to understand how the energy management work and what all the supers are <laughs> um as easy as it was to beat him the first time around when i didn't know what i was doing uh i'd like to go two for after two after i'd played like most of the way through the game <laughs> it was embarrassing stuff so you, um, you want a rematch yeah, I, even though you beat him the first time <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice, yeah nice. <laughs> just to show how it would have gone had i known how to play from the beginning all right um, all right well let's uh, i mean i'm i'm mario karting tomorrow but wednesday <laughs> wednesday lunchtime all right you go you're going down mother trucker all right that'd be good um and then the other big thing i've been playing which i played start to finish was detroit become human um which is my game of the year for 2018 so far Wow. I kind of don't want to talk too much about it, if only because I mean, there's very little you can say about that game without because the entire game is Story. narrative. Yeah. You know, it's all spoilers. Um, what I will say is I feel like after playing Detroit now and also having already played God of War, I can't help but feel some people were confused when they reviewed God of War and said it was the must-play game that everyone who has the ability to play it must play it. I feel like they were talking about Detroit instead and just got a bit confused <laughs> and had a bit of a brain fart because this is the game that everyone who has access to some way to play it should play. It is a fantastic like, game. Yeah. It's phenomenal. It's, it is the example of narrative games working. You know, like the gameplay aspect of this game is so minimal. There's very few levels which are action based. They're almost all just walk here, talk to them, walk there, interact with that, talk to. But it's just the story is so compelling. And I have I've only done one playthrough so far, so I don't know to what extent your actions change it other than the fact that obviously they fucking do because when you finish the last level you see that there's a fuckload of timelines that you haven't even interacted with because there are entirely different final levels 
based on earlier choices. Mm-hmm. Um, I I want to see how it holds up on a second playthrough because it is so narrative driven and because there is so little action and interaction. Yep. But I don't think that that detracts from the fact that I've, I'm never going to play God of War again either. I played it once and that's it. So if playing Detroit a second time, some of the shallower levels like the do someone's housework for them level feel very thin um and and get worn out instantly i still don't feel like that will detract from it because you play most games once so even if you only played this game once the only difference is your experience with it in your one playthrough might be vastly different from you know your neighbor's experience in their one playthrough based on how you choose to play each character but i think it's a phenomenal game i think the idea of the story itself is just incredible and it highlights so many i guess just tendencies within yourself so many uh sort of preconceived thoughts you already have like for example there's a thing that happens throughout the story where androids remove a component from themselves that allows them to be immediately identified as androids so they look more human but the simple fact that they still looked exactly human didn't change the fact that i was labeling them android whenever i was playing as them i was playing as an android you know i never saw them as anything other than an android even though the whole point was that they weren't just androids they were living beings you know that had had gained their own sentience it's just i feel like the idea of the game isn't to educate you as to consciousness and sentience and what it represents it is almost just to show everyone just how ignorant they are it highlights just how much you as a person have your own preconceived notions of things and refuse to view things in any other way even when it's right in your Mm. face and i think that's what makes it so interesting and so successful man that's some that's some kojima level stuff right there Mm. it is i think that you basically nailed it there i think um you you touched on story there a lot i think further to story as well like stories are underpinned by great characters right mm. you know you, you a story is great but if you've got great characters that sort of takes it to another level and i think the characters are really great and that yeah there there is a humanity to the androids um but yeah like what you said there it totally sums it up like it, it makes you question those sort of boundaries that you have um as far as like your own ability to kind of empathize with something and then Mm. to question yourself you say to yourself hey well like should i be empathizing and then you know should i value the life of this thing over you know this human when the human's being an absolute piece of shit and this thing's just trying to you know like it it, there's too much to talk about you'd have to sit down and write an essay it's like the films that you do in high school film and they yeah. you know they just keep you keep keep going down that rabbit hole it's textual analysis it's like that but yeah it's like that but way better because you can play yeah. it. it's because it's a video game would <laughs> but yeah i'm pumped for my second playthrough because i did the pacifist playthrough this time because i felt for the androids and i wanted them to win and i felt like if they were you know vengeful then they wouldn't win because humanity would just fight back with even more force and and ultimately nobody would win. So I went full pacifist and I never raised a fist once. This time through, though, seeing the treatment of androids the whole way through the game, (laughs) I am so looking forward to just going full warpath and blowing shit up and just wrecking (laughs) humanity in this playthrough. I think it's going to be great. 
Would um would it be apt to compare it to? Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have watched Black Mirror. Um, is it that sort of dark technological? I've, I've heard about Black Mirror, but haven't haven't seen. I it. commentary. I don't know. It's yes and no. It's it's comparable, but also very different. It's comparable at the start. I would say it it begins very much like an episode of Black Mirror in that it is very much, here's how this technology that we've created to make our lives better has actually ended up making our lives worse through our reliance on it or, right. you know, uh, it, it being indoctrinated by these paths that it's created for humanity kind of thing. Yep. Um, and that's how it starts. But as it goes on, it becomes very much more about... I, don't, I think... I think it again it comes down to how you choose to play the game because the thing about Black Mirror is how it is always very there's no win. At the end of Black Mirror everything's fucked yep. pretty much, you know, <laughs> yeah. at the end of every episode it's it's technology is their downfall whereas if you do what's probably supposed to be the ideal playthrough of the game it's it starts off Black Mirror where things are rising up and it seems bad purely because humans, as you know, as humans do, assume the worst from everything. Assume that because they've oppressed these things, they're going to want vengeance and they're going to fight. But if you do what's probably the ideal playthrough where they are pacifists, they purely want peace. They just want to show that they're alive. They want equal rights and they want recognition as a new species. That's not very Black Mirror because they just want to coexist and... I mean, there's a point, boiler, no spoiler kind of thing. When you get to the very end where you can say, you know, as, as Marcus, the leader of the free androids, if we all die today, you know, if, if you continue to just never show resistance full stop, even if an army is marching at you, you know, he just says like, even if we die today, all of us here, we've still made history either way because we've shown humanity the error of its ways to always assume the worst of everything. You know, we we were here to make their lives better. Now we're here to try and fight for our own rights. We're doing so peacefully. We're just doing a march and a demonstration. If they choose to destroy us, then, you know, who's the monster kind of mm -hmm. thing. We're only showing them the flaws of their own existence. Um, and I think that's kind of, that's where the difference is from Black Mirror is, is it's not humanity full, you know, failing because of what it's done. It's humanity failing to learn, but it's not humanity becoming so dependent that they just fall into a downward cycle as a result of it. So I think it opens like it, but it's also very different from Black Mirror in that it feels like it's trying to teach you beyond just teaching you that you're reliant on machines. Ah, okay, I'm, I'm very intrigued by this. Would you say, so I mean, probably goes without saying really but the definitive david cage experience yeah yep. yeah it's uh it's funny because <laughs> everyone said this was the perfect fit for david cage because he's always done characters weird and they always feel kind of like they're kind of robotic um and not human enough yep. and so they're like man him doing a game about androids where they're trying to emulate <laughs> being human but actually they're robotic is the perfect fit for him but actually they're human they don't feel like they're falling short. They don't feel like they're trying to emulate humanity and failing. They feel like they're human. Man, that's a that's a really interesting um, 
thing that probably no one saw coming then if he's yeah it, yeah i remember his characters in, in heavy rain and fahrenheit and things like that indigo prophecy um yeah always felt a little bit off a little bit stilted it, everything didn't quite gel um so this would have, would mm. have been a really interesting story to to put that sort of I don't know. Is it his artistic director? Like, was that on purpose that he made people like that? You never know, right? It's maybe. I think it was probably a technology thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I. Th- I mean, it partially flawed writing in that you know he would have <laughs> he wrote them just a bit off. Yeah. Um. But also technology, yeah, and that he could mimic kind of facial features and things, but he just couldn't replicate how they should be really i think that was the big issue was that he was making you know technology had come far enough for him to create models that looked realistic but it hadn't come far enough in the way that you build animation cycles to you know they still did the balls on the face and everything but i guess the the mapping wasn't as accurate as, as it is today so I think it was it, it was Uncanny Valley. His previous ones where he made them look real, but he couldn't make them but act real. Um, whereas now he's also... Technology's come far enough that the, the actions are also able to look realistic. And I think that's why this time it does look fully real. Because the graphics are still top-notch. Best-looking game on PS4. Um, but also the actions have been mapped and tracked so well like i watched some behind the scenes stuff afterwards i i used my you unlock points for every uh kind of, there's basically like a, a timeline thing and every sequence on the timeline you unlock you get points that you can spend on extras oh, yeah. um, and i bought sort of all the videos and there's behind the scenes videos and stuff and realizing that you are watching a movie not just because it's narrative but literally every single thing you are seeing and doing on screen was acted in a studio by people with those suits on every mm. single activity everything was was a person who looks exactly like the character well, except for Con- connor's actor looks a bit weird and not like connor <laughs> but marcus and tara look exactly like the angel marcus in particular blew me away when when it showed the behind the scenes and it was the actor sitting on the couch i was like this is weird for connor and cara it showed the actor sitting on a couch but they've just got the 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 character on the couch and then i was like oh no that that is an actor it's just it is a hundred percent it's him it's it's frightening that shit is scary you want uncanny valley don't even play the game just just see marcus doing you know something in the game and then look at the actor for marcus doing it and it it's exactly the same it's actually scary <laughs> oh, man. um but yeah i i'm just all in on that game 100 percent. watched all the behind the scenes stuff planning multiple playthroughs we've even come up with a game for a subsequent playthrough where i'm gonna play marcus um the the kind of leader of the androids who's trying to trying to get them free and hannah's going to play connor the android detective who's trying to track him down and catch him and we're going to play our respective levels without the other person in the room so she's trying to catch me but she doesn't know what choices i'm making or what i'm doing um and so we're going to actually we've turned it into a multiplayer game um so looking (laughs) forward to that playthrough as well that's excellent i love those things like um until dawn that transform you know easily one of the yeah. best multiplayer games that's not actually a multiplayer game <laughs> yeah really cool awesome man um anything else on your list there now nah, i mean i've just been playing some older stuff like hell of a lot of warframe again um because there's a whole load of new stuff they just had tenocom which is the warframe convention oh yeah 
Um, so a whole lot of stuff dropped for that. Um, new story content, new open world map, um, which looks better than any other trailer really this year um, for me in terms of what they're showing and what we get and how exciting that is. Um, and then I've just been trying to get through Xenoblade Chronicles 2 on New Game Plus because I want to play the story DLC as soon as it drops, I think, next month. Um, and it says you need X amount of story progression, but actually hasn't said what X amount is, so I'm just finishing it again. Oh, okay. Really. okay. Um, Warframe, nice. just as a, as a quick aside, uh, coming out on Switch, which is cool. Mm. Coming to Switch. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping it's not, you know, account locked, so I can use my PC account on oh, Switch. Man. That'd be nice. Shouldn't be. Sony. So imagine Shouldn't if Sony be. did that with, uh, with Warframe as well. What they did well, actually, Fortnite. you can't because you actually can't use the same account on PlayStation and PC. That's why I'm wondering if maybe oh. you can't on Switch either. Like, you've never been able to. Oh. Um, they are separate systems. So I'm hoping it's not going to be the same for Switch, and I can. I think it's because on PlayStation, you log into your PSN account to play Warframe, yep. not your Warframe Digital Extremes account. account. Yeah. I'm hoping that, yeah, I'm hoping that on Switch, you log into your Warframe account because um, that way, yeah, I can play my PC um account on there which will be great i mean i won't play it as the primary platform i'll be on pc but it'd be great to get warframe on the go nice nice very, very good cool. well i'll i'll talk briefly about a couple of things that i've been playing because you know as i mentioned i've been dj lagging and moving and doing all sorts of stuff managed to squeeze in a bit of gaming uh, between then on the plane uh, a lot i played um i finally picked up donkey kong country tropical freeze which i you know, I was meaning to get it back on Wii U when when I was meaning to get a Wii U, which never happened as well. Um, but I've been I've been jamming some of that probably on second or third world, I think. So maybe maybe three hours, four hours into that, it's just it's exactly what I expected. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Like there's there's not not too much to say on that game because everything is great. the The music is incredible. the The David Wise um, soundtrack some of the best music he's ever produced for anything including snake pass all the previous dk's um the 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 level design is, is awesome it just iterates on that really cool thing they did with donkey kong country returns um the, the previous one from retro studios which is the sort of set pieces that they have where you fire into a barrel and then you smash into part of the background and that background will fall into the foreground and do something there and and just all like firing cool. oh, it's so it's so innovative and, and interesting um the way they do those things yeah still what are the do they do they, are there any kind of interesting new like just basic kind of platforming mechanics that they've worked in there um not really they're still pretty much the same ones as there's a couple of new characters which have different mechanics like cranky kong where you can bounce on his cane and and um oh, go jump on, yeah. on spike pit, yeah on spike pits and things like that so you don't actually get spiked um, but in terms of actual the general mechanics, still the same. Don you know, when you're Donkey Kong, you well, you're always Donkey Kong, but you, you pound the ground and you can um, get things to fall out of, of of trees and objects like that. And there's handles in the ground that you can pull and get bonuses from you know pulling up um, something hidden in the sand or or things like that. And I love DK, but just because yeah. I know the language of, I think Donkey Kong, but maybe platformers in general. In in that, if you see you know a tree a piece of tree canopy that's slightly out of place or just overlapping with something or a piece of rock that's all the same for too long you know there's a secret in there there just is there's always going to be a secret in there and i'm always <laughs> rewarded for my you know for trying to get there there's, there's always something up there be it a piece of the the, the puzzle pieces mm. that you collect in a level or a life or a bonus level 
Always. And I love that stuff. That just makes me love that game so much. I'm like... It's same with black as well. Just just black. If you're running across somewhere and you notice, you know, there's something that could potentially be a ledge, but next to it is just black. There's no definition. Yep. You know that that's a shaded area that when you get up there and run through it, it'll, you know, reveal that, yeah, there's a secret there as well. Yeah, it's, it's that language of platforming, right? And I, I find that... I love that sort of stuff. Um, you know, if you start a level... Like, I've been platforming for a long time. The first thing I do, Balthazar, you, you, you might do the same, and Regan maybe as well. Is run I, backwards. Run backwards. You run backwards. Of course you run backwards. Yeah. That's, that's, there's going to be something there. <laughs> like, 90% of the time, there's always going to be something there. <laughs> um, that's just something I've learned over the years from all, all platformers. Just go backwards. Um, mm. Or, you know, look under... In, in first-person shooters, it's look under staircases. There's always something under the staircase. Yeah. It's just, it's just how it is. Yeah um but yeah dig- would it weird you out if you if you found a platformer where it went from right to left that would be insane left right? that's actually a really interesting idea that would yeah how would that oh god that, yeah that would weird me out. Just it would, right? <laughs> in answer to your question i don't know it would be strange coming from the other side of the screen it would be like reading a you know how the japanese um manga read the other way um you start which is a really interesting translation because up and down is fine you know you have sequences in tropical freeze where both you go up the screen as the bottom rises and you've got to you know beat it up and there are sequences where you go down the screen where the top is coming down so it only translates from left to right not top to there's no correct direction for vertical traversal yeah. it's only horizontal that is, interesting that is funny, isn't it? yeah the up and, yeah you're right about the up and down and and just on the on that note as well um with the up and down the swimming in this game Nintendo, mm. you know, they always nail movement. There's, there's not a single time I played a first-party Nintendo game, or you know, even third-party Nintendo game, um, where they just nail the movement. And in DK Tropical Freeze, it's it's fun to move, it's fun to swim, it's fun to jump. Um, when you're swimming around, you can do sort of a, a twirl, and if you do that near the surface, you can like fly out of the water like a dolphin. Um, and sometimes you need to do that to to grab something that might be up there. And I just love that. I just spend time doing loop-de-loops in the air and swimming around and um you know it's the same with mario odyssey that's it's a fun game just to move around in um, and mario 64 yeah mm. it's, it's it's got that thing going for it so yeah amazing it's just pretty much perfect as far as i can tell so far like apart from the minecart levels which i, I still wouldn't mark it down for because <laughs> as, as much as i get frustrated to hell with them because they're hard as hell and you know you get one chance one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted um and if you fuck up you're punished you're punished horribly for it but it's fun it's still fun like i'm tearing my hair out over these things but it's it's great fun um so yeah mm. DK. have you been have you had pity taken on you by a funky kong <laughs> no, yet when no. you started up no, i haven't no, no. <laughs> so you're not doing that bad then no not not too not too shabby um every now and then i'll i just have what? one question really for yep. you which is visually yep. is it do you would you agree with my earlier assessment just because of even i guess because of how simple it is that the assets could be perfected would you say that this is the best looking game on switch so it's tricky for me to comment on that because i haven't been able to play it on a big screen um which i right. think is where it would really pop i've just been playing it on my switch mm. and it looks great 
but I couldn't. It, it, to me, straight away, just looking at it, it's not. It's not like wow, this is miles above everything else, sort of thing. Yeah. But um, I do have a, a, a sort of twenty-two inch monitor in the lounge, which I can I can hook into, and I might might jump on that and, and check it out because I could definitely see this popping on a big screen. Like it's a gorgeous looking game. Don't get me wrong. It's not immediately the most gorgeous looking game on Switch that I've that I've played, sort of thing. Like Mario Odyssey was was pretty up there um but yeah, yeah I'll, I'll give it a whirl on that monitor man and i'll get back to you and um and let you know so the, nice. the only other thing i've been playing really um i've i got i've bought a few things on the steam sale um just uh i got what did i get i got prey little nightmares uh a couple of other things the issue with those is that i can't really download them because the internet connection here is uh <laughs> full of personality let's say <laughs> yeah so probably won't have a new game for a while but i did before i left um new zealand and and my fiber connection i did manage to download borderlands 2 uh which i had in my library for some time and i was i always enjoyed borderlands but it was one of those games where it's gearbox so it's got that obnoxious sense of humor and um and it's also you know it's one of those games where you sort of get your fill and then you finish with it or for me it's one of those games anyway and i enjoy the Mm. time that i have with it but you know, I'll play eight to ten hours and be like, oh, okay, cool, I'm done with this. It's it's like the old, the, the Assassin's Creed games, the old Assassin's Creed games, or something like that. I'd never finish them, you know, play them to completion. Usually, I just be like, oh, okay, cool, I've explored this world now, I'm I'm done with that. And um, Borderlands, so I can see probably doing the same thing, although it's just it's a nice, it's it's a refined version of Borderlands, which I love. Like it's just a fun game, Borderlands. It always has been. Um, even just playing by yourself, it's just a good game to, it's, it's a mindless fun, you know, jump in, shoot a bunch of stuff, looter shooter, you can up, upgrade your gear every 10 minutes, you'll get a new gun and be switching things out all the time. And, um, it's just a good game. <laughs> I don't really have a huge amount to say about it, but <laughs> have you guys both, or Balthazar, you've definitely played Borderlands 2. Regan, have you, have you played it? I've not played Borderlands 2. I played a little bit of the first Borderlands, yep. but, um, Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> it is. Probably. Mm. Yeah. Um, it, it's one of those things, though, that, that never had enough of a pull for me to, to play it when it first came out. And so it prob- I probably never will play it, which is kind of yep. sad. Like, you know, never say never and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I just probably not. It, you know? it would be one of the rare games that I would jump into multiplayer for because I imagine it would be it, it might make the game even more fun. And multiplayer, mm. um, Balthazar, you could probably attest to that, man. You, you've you're quite a fan of uh, Borderlands, right? Uh, yeah, I yeah, I exclusively played the multiplayer. I actually never played a Borderlands game single player. Um, oh, okay. And so I can't kind of imagine that experience. Um, I always intended to because I guess my experience with the games was also somewhat throttled by only playing multiplayer because you always had to wait for the people you were playing with to be around. Yep um but yeah it's uh the multiplayer experience is definitely great i imagine it being seamless from what the single player experience is in that you are still just going through the same quests the enemies aren't scaled up so it's almost more ridiculous because you are just running through blowing up everything the world is exploding around you (laughs) um we also had the advantage of the group that played we each picked one of the different classes Oh, nice. um so it's not like you know we 
we didn't optimize you know we didn't just have four of the uh macromancer which is the optimal class to play um running around so that we had eight people on screen with the robot buddy and everything um we just each picked a different class so that we had a fairly balanced experience and it was yeah it's great fun multiplayer i definitely if there is still an active online community um try it out because it's 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 yeah it's everything you enjoy about the single player but basically even faster you know rather than a new gun every two minutes it's every 30 seconds because you clear out a camp instantly oh man <laughs> that i'll probably whoever i end up buddying up with i'll probably piss them off because i generally go into that menu and i'm looking at all the stats i'm like hmm what if I, <laughs> no what if I, no <laughs> like there's a lot of that i'm in an iron so um yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should stick to single player on that, but it's it's awesome because it's it's one of those. You, know, you guys know how much I love those games where you can just, you know, some whack on a podcast or just jump into a, a small intense session of something and then jump back out sort of thing. And it's one of those games, perfect for that sort of thing. So just go and do like raid a mm. do a mission and shoot a bunch of dudes for forty five minutes to an hour. Um, have have some music going or have a podcast going and get that done and don't invest too heavily in the story and just you know it's it's all good times but um nice yeah that's all that's all i've really been playing i played a little bit of metro 2033 33 33 yeah um and i was really enjoying that but i got to a point where i was dying over and over and over again so i stopped playing it because <laughs> um that game for all it's uh, it's a really good game but the stealth sections piss me off in that game um because it's pretty much one of those ones where if you are seen in a part where you're you know supposed to stealth through it you're fucked like (laughs) you will get swarmed and you will die very fast um and i got up to a section where that just keeps happening and it's uh, it's very frustrating so i sort of moved on moved on to um to bigger and better things i suppose it's still a well-made game and i because i bought it intending on playing last lights and um uh yeah is it, is it redux no redux was sort of a, a remake of both those right and uh exodus whenever whenever that comes out um or if i pick up an xbox i suppose um but yeah i, I only played maybe two hours of of 2033 so i can't comment too heavily it seems like a very well-made game has a lot of cool like analog stuff like a compass that you have to use like a in, in hand compass kind of thing um like the firewatch map and and, and things like that but yeah, can't comment too much on it. Just got frustrated with it, and um, probably won't be going back to it. I suppose at this point because I'm I'm enjoying Borderlands <laughs> two too much, and, and I've got DK on my Switch, so I'm all set for that. But um, yeah, that's probably nice. that's probably about us for another week. I think, uh, folks, thank you for for tuning in again. It's been another another long one, which I suppose happens when we when we don't um you know record a podcast for for three weeks or mm. uh, or a wee when while. we when we don't sort of download in a way. Yeah, I think that's kind of part of it, right? We all sort of stack up too much of a cake and we all have to just download and one it's, one go it's a bit ca- yeah. it's a bit cathartic eh? i've always i've always likened our podcast to going to church um for me it's it's a way of, of just venting and getting shit off my chest and you know um not only gaming stuff but you know what what we've been up to and, and all that sort of thing so it's it's always a really nice nice way to do that and um, catch up with everyone but yeah thank you again for for tuning in um everyone if you've if you've gotten this far we are overcast gamer uh we are a predominantly kiwi based gaming outfit but i i now live in scotland so we're kind of everywhere um (laughs) we write reviews and features um we do videos every now and then Uh, you can follow us on facebook overcast gamer twitch uh we do streams 
try to do them every week. Regan is doing a fantastic stream of the entirety of Final Fantasy VII at the moment. Yep. Uh, Regan, that is Wednesday nights, I believe, 7pm, is that correct? That's correct, 7pm New Zealand time. Um, we do a couple of hours every Wednesday, so definitely check in. Um, we'll be there. Uh, yeah, so can... partaking in some early PlayStation JRPG goodness. <laughs> it's great. You've, you've amassed a good little community there. I dropped into the chat for a wee while um, on the last one, and there was a, there was a nice wee bit of banter going on. So seems like you're getting, yeah, a, it's good. getting a nice following going on there. So that's very cool. And yeah, I suppose that's that's really about it. Overcastgamer.com is the website, as we mentioned, undergoing a bit of maintenance in the moment. It's not looking the prettiest, um, but we will, we're, we're working on, on getting that to, you know, to a standard that we're happy with. And uh, podcast on iTunes, find us there, find us on your RSS feeds, youtube.com forward slash overcastgamer. And uh, yeah, that's us. So thank you for tuning in and we will see you again in a fortnight. Bye-bye. Goodbye.